the the <laughs> native call. We've we've got a real professional setup going on over here. You know? <laughs> the worst. There we go. All right. <laughs> Once again, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, we're going to continue our um, our summer long, pandemic long discussions of trying to keep ourselves sane. Um with talking about movies, pitting movies against each other. This is our movie fight segment, long-running series of the Robots vs. Taxes program. And dude, um, today's a hot one. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the summer days um, (laughs) that just seem to be, like, feeling like like we're fucking... uh, boiled eggs the summer wind has definitely come rolling in from across the sea let's put it that way that's right (laughs) the summer wind is hot and it feels like vaseline it just feels like somebody's blowing a jet engine in your face um yep yep that new york weather yeah that dirty dirty heat gross ass heat So we have a very interesting uh, movie matchup this week. Um, I got to say, I uh, I was talking to my co-host here, and I I put down the first gauntlet. I said, "Hey, we haven't covered an anime film uh, in this series as of yet, so why don't we tackle Ninja Scroll?" And he was like, "Cool." Uh, up against that, let me put up um, good time. Yeah. And at first I thought to myself, huh, I never heard of that anime. I wonder <laughs> I wonder what that is. And once I actually looked it up, I was like, oh, it's a uh it's a patent it's a Pattinson film. Okay. Yeah. It's a Pattinson um, joint. <laughs> so this will be interesting. And I went into it blind because that's just what I do. Yeah. Um and I, I think we should tackle good time first. What do you think? Yeah, okay. Let's tackle good time. All right. So, <laughs> so what uh, this film? Sorry, I just like I, I'm so I'm super curious to find out what your preliminary thoughts were about this movie. There's there's only uh, one redeemable soul uh, in regards to the main uh, cast of uh, the, the main cast of characters who is even remotely worth a damn everybody else is just ugh. let's put it that way just very let's very broken to just garbage people let's put it that way yeah um so it i i'm gonna admit like this movie gave me a lot of anxiety <laughs> i was just like well, yeah oh man there's not one functioning person uh in this whole fucking thing no, i mean it's 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 just a. Uh... A shit show through and through. I mean, you have ancillary, you have ancillary characters who are, you know, trying to help s- some people uh, get their shit together. But with the way this movie's formatted, if <laughs> if you delve deeper uh, and went into the backstories of those characters, I bet they'd have a lot of fucked up shit in their background too. Yeah, um, I-, I mean, this movie is it to me. It harkens back to like. Um, when 
like independent cinema was like down and dirty, you know? Um, <laughs> it was just about, it was just like, it wasn't afraid of taking a lot of chances with making characters unlikable. Like, uh, a story that jumps out at me is, uh, train spotting, um, from the, uh, early nineties, from the early to mid nineties. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just got that, this, this feeling like I never knew what was going to happen. And I, I, I kind of love it. Um, and it's made by uh, uh, the Safdie brothers, who uh, also came out with Uncut Gems that actually also has this, this same anxiety-ridden tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I picked these two. Like, I picked the, this movie um, particularly because I thought it would make a great companion piece to Ninja Scroll uh, because both of these movies are about um, journeys uh, into the unknown. Um, and it, despite the fact that the main characters couldn't be more opposite, one is a very honorable um, Ronin mm-hmm. named, uh, uh, named Jubei. Uh, and right. in the film that we're about to discuss, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Con- Constantine Nikos, played by... Um, Robert Pattinson, uh, of, uh, hold on, uh, he was in a movie that was called, refresh my memory here, interview with, uh, them, no, uh, Dracula, no, um, anytime <laughs> you want to help me out here. Wait, um, who, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Robert Pattinson. Right. What other? <laughs> what other <laughs> films is he famous for? <laughs> oh Lord, can we not like? I don't even want to acknowledge that that whole other universe uh, exists with their sparkly was, vampires. Yeah. And <laughs> breaking Dawn, you know. Yeah, he's the masturbatory fantasy of a lot of, um, you know, of a lot of uh, tweens. Uh, back in the early aughts, um, you know, not just not just them though. <laughs> That's yeah, the thing. I know, I know. I've known grown ass people who are just like, oh my god, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's kind of like uh, what's kind of made him a controversial figure with regards to him casting him as Batman. Because a lot of people are just gonna are are immediately like, oh, the Twilight movies, the Twilight movies, you know, sparkly vampires and shit. And then I'm just like, watch Good Time, watch watch fucking Good Time, and tell me that's not fucking Batman. <laughs> well, you know, very true. I mean, besides Good Time, um, I also saw him. What was that uh, movie he did with? Um uh, with what's his name? I, I I can never remember actors' Willem, names, even though Willem I, Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, thank the you. The uh, Lighthouse, yeah. The Lighthouse, like uh, Pattinson has phenomenal acting chops, like yeah. for sure. So he's great. He, he, he's fucking great. Yeah, so he can he can take on the role. I, I'm not I'm not worried about his ability. I just hope that they mold the movie. And this is uh, talking about the Batman. I just hope they mold the movie around him in a way that allows him to uh, uh, fully show off his acting talent, 
um, as well as, you know, just tell a good story, which from the murmurs that I hear, they're going to include some elements from some legendary uh, Batman comics into the film, uh, sort of like the long Halloween. Um, So, you know, we'll see. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's giving off a it's giving off like a big year one kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I'm I'm excited, but you know, given the uh, given the the pandemic, who knows how far into production they got before they shut down. Hmm. Um very true. But yeah, but uh let's go let, let's get back to good times. So, what were your like what what did you think of uh, overall, the the character of Constantine Nikos Connie, uh, <laughs> as he's as as he's relatively known throughout the film. Yes, uh, Connie. He is a man who lives on the edge of desperation, and I got to hand it again to uh, Pattinson. He his acting never broke throughout this film. He he was fully this character through and through. And uh, you even when he wasn't speaking, you were there with him emotionally, whether he was uh, looking up some resource um, in a cell phone, uh, seeing himself on TV being reported on by the news or uh, hacking, not even hacking, just uh, breaking into a police database via a police cruiser to look up an address or this, that and the other. Um he genuinely loves uh, his brother, Nick, uh, played by Benny uh, Safdie uh, in this film. Uh, there's, there's a genuine love for him, but that love is unfortunately uh, encapsulated by toxicity. There is nothing, nothing good comes out of Connie at all. No, there, there is no endeavor that he takes on that results in, oh, hey, you know, a promotion. Like, it just doesn't happen with this guy. He he only knows how to survive in the world via nefarious means. Um, And usually usually his means end up destroying the lives of the people around him. Yeah, he's he's a fucking scumbag. (laughs) Um, And you know what's crazy about it, about this, is that like you know, um, with the way the Safety brothers directed this, with the, with the way they kind of uh, they kind of made him out to be kind of like, you know that that kind of white guy that's like dirty and scruffy, but like they mm-hmm. got that weird like rosacea, like they've had like like a drinking problem or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, and like you, you see one walking down the street, and you're just like, "Oh shit," you know, because um, <laughs> it, it looks like they're like, and and I feel like I've encountered this. Like they they'll like ask you for so, like they'll say something like they'll make some weird request like, "Hey man, you got a nail clipper?" You know, or like uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. You got a Band-Aid, man? You got Band-Aids? Yo, I'm trying to catch the 411 bus. You know, can you tell me where the where the, where the bus is? And, like, uh, can you look away from me as I, like, I pull out this knife uh, or syringe and, and proceed to uh, stab you with it so I can take your money and spend it on meth? You know, the, those kind of, you know, the kind of, the kind of uh, uh, meth head you'd find in Far Rockaway. 
God damn. Um, uh, is this something that happened to you like uh, before no, the pandemic? <laughs> no, I've just you're been, being like, very, very specific. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I don't know. To me, these I've seen I've uh, taken travels down to Far Rockaway, and I've always I, I and I haven't done it for decades. Um, uh, but uh, like, uh, there's a specific type of like. Uh, white guy that exists out there uh, in Far Rockaway that is that is this character. He's just a scumbag who would um, you know basically knife his own mother in order just to like uh, get some money to like to buy like uh, so I don't know some like meth basically. So I don't shit. Know. <laughs> Like and they have like the bleach blonde hair and and they're just like gr- they kind of they kind of look gross. Um. Speaking of that bleach blonde hair, the, I I had to have a chuckle. Um, that was the only chuckle, by the way, I had during that scene where he dyed his hair because the rest of it made me cringe in a way where I almost imploded into a singularity. But <laughs> he- I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that so bad. <laughs> He w- but he was in the bathroom looking through people's, you know, shit. And he was just like, oh, hair dye. And he looked in the mirror. He was just like, you know what? I don't look douchey enough. I What can I do? Oh, I can attempt to do my own frosted tips. <laughs> and he he just put it in his hair like like this is what this is what you do when you're at a stranger's house like that. Yeah, in and of gonna itself. Dye your, you're going to dye your hair at a stranger's house. It's like, like so fucking weird that in and of itself is frightening in a way because it's just like this person has has not been socialized it's like if you walk down the street and you saw somebody randomly eating a live dog you'd be like this person was raised in the forest and they're just now discovering civilization um but the rest of that scene holy shit man from the first moment that he walked into that stranger's house, I mean, just making that casual acquaintance with that lady. I, I'm assuming that this is this lady was like a, a, an older Haitian woman, perhaps. Um, I couldn't exactly identify the accent. And uh, on the on the accessor ride, they had briefly, you know, made an association like the briefest. And when he knocked on her door and she let him in, I was just like, there's nothing good about this. First of all. Ain't no old uh, black lady letting some weird, drugged-out-looking white guy into her house. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. That was unrealistic to me. But it's a movie, so I'm going to go with this, right? Um, So she lets him in uh, into her house where it's just her and her 16-year-old granddaughter. And um, she's she's helping him out with... Uh, this uh, infirmed person um, gives him a room and Robert Pattinson Connie uh, just sits in the living room and then the grandmother (laughs) tells her granddaughter look I'm going to take some medication I'm going to be out for a few hours Um, you know just chill out look after the house Uh, and it's like dark 30 by the way so you know it's nighttime strangers are in the house this is going to be the best time for me to take a long nap. So, again, suspension of disbelief. So Connie 
and the granddaughter are sitting down on the couch. And uh, no, no, no. They're sitting down on the couch and then somehow end up in the kitchen and he's asking her questions. Um, Apparently, this 16 year old has seen a little bit of life. Uh, She's not very well supervised. She uh, smokes weed. She has an ex-boyfriend who sold drugs. Um, You can tell that she's a little bit street savvy because, again, she's not looked after. And you could just feel that Connie is just like, okay. This is perhaps something I could use, that I could manipulate, that I can exploit. But he does it in such a subtle way. He's not like <laughs> he's not like one of those pervy, like, I'm going to open my raincoat now and, uh, and fully jump into this uh, situation all slimy and everything. So they're sitting on the couch and they're watching the news. And he sees that they're about to tell the story of the bank robbery that him and his brother um had committed earlier in the film yeah and in in order to distract this girl he leans over and he starts breaking out with her at that point at that point i stopped the movie and i walked away for a little bit really (laughs) oh shit (laughs) i I went and drank some water and just calmed myself down because i was just like this is fucked up this is fucked up yeah Figgity, figgity, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I could, wow. I couldn't. I mean, what were you thinking during that scene? I couldn't. I was like, my jaw dropped. Um, and you know, it, it kind of, it, it was, it made my skin crawl in a way that no, like, I, and I've seen a lot of uh, fucked up movies, um, where the characters are irredeemable. Like, you know, we're talking about, like, Itchy the Killer, like, Takashi Miike movies, you know. Um, I've seen, you know, uh, your Clockwork Oranges, you know, where the characters are irredeemable, right? And then this was just so, like, oh, God, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I had to commend... Um, the bravery of the of the the actress, um, the uh, the teenage actress who uh, who understood uh, the 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 scene and basically played it completely real, um, because man, that is that is a hard scene to sit through. It, it was um, oh my god! I mean, yeah, it, it's and I thought disgusting. <laughs> I thought it was just going to end on the couch. And then when he picked her up and took her to her room, I was just like, nope, 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 nope. Where is Chris Hansen? He needs to barge in right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Am I telling me what you're doing here? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what you got there? Six pack of beer. Uh. <laughs> well, what are you going to do with it? Uh, I was thinking about... Uh, and you know the guys always double back. They're just like, I was thinking, I was thinking about getting myself drunk and just drinking the entire six pack of beer by myself, uh, and you know watching watching a, a video about motorcycle safety. Uh, sure thing. That's what. That's when Chris Hansen pulls out the uh, the transcript. He's just like, well, it says online under your handle, uh, teenage kisser sixty nine, that uh, you were hoping to. <laughs> You were hoping to come over here and get jiggy with it with some Coors Light and watch some porno. 
you're always this <laughs> yeah you're also quoted as saying and it's always the most filthiest fucking thing so it's like <laughs> you're also quoted as saying like i'd like to suck a fart out of your ass um as, as they well, beep what, out all those parts yeah, i know exactly <laughs> what do you mean by that oh i don't know it's a language you know it ain't it a thing <laughs> and that's when he that, makes I'm, a break for it <laughs> Uh, but that's when some, Chris Hansen, he's usually good with this. He comes back with some sort of toys. He's just like, is that what the kids are calling Mentos these days? I mean, help me understand. <laughs> you wanted to oh, uh, stick yourself into her like she was uh, the ignition of a car. And you wanted to start her up like a lawnmower and let her munch all day long. What did you mean by that? Um, well, I don't know. Could have meant could have meant a lot of things. I, I'm just I'm just in it for lawn care, you know. And that's when he makes a break for it, and and he thinks he's somewhat in the clear outside, and that's when you hear "Get on the ground." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I'm just uh, an ordinary guy carrying a, a Vaseline, a bunch of condoms, beer, and <laughs> pornography. Can a can an American just live out his dreams? <laughs> oh God! One of the things that really cracks me up is one of those. And I know that you 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 have a little more humanity for these people than I do, but when they start, <laughs> it's when red. they. St- Oh, you've told me, you've told me in the past, you're like, oh, you know, some of these guys has never gotten laid in their life or this, then the other. Oh, like, God, you're going to get me fucking me too. You seriously that... <laughs> doing this? <laughs> you can write to robots versus taxes oh, at Gmail man. and express your disgust with my co-host. Oh, <laughs> look, look, it's no, no, no. It's, it's never, it's never, he's never empathizing with what they did. Just to be clear, he's empathizing yeah. with their patheticness. It's just like, you know. It, yeah, because you look at ahead, these guys, <laughs> you look at these guys and like you're just like, oh, my God, they haven't seen pussy since they were born. And they were probably born anally because these guys are just like the most like the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> An anal birth. <laughs> yeah. These guys are like the bottom of the barrel. You know, they just they just stated for a month too long. Uh, in the womb, just kind of like, you know, they're overcooked, you know, <laughs> like they went the full they went nine months and like the two additional months, months. <laughs> I don't know. why I can't say months, but like they've been in the womb for 11 months and they were given birth anally. And then they're just they look it, you know, these guys are just like the you know, they don't know how to talk to people. They have that weird like kind of like uh drag to their their words. <laughs> where they're just like hello m'lady you know yeah oh, it's, <laughs> it's so fucking weird it's so fucking weird but the thing that that really makes me laugh during those segments is when they start uh crying while they're being arrested i mean they really some of them really go in they're like i didn't do anything it's like you can't. and then they're then they're negotiating with the cops they're just like well how how can you keep me? I didn't actually do anything, right? I didn't actually sleep with her. It's just like, dude, do do you understand that there's such a thing as like attempted crime? Like you you were about to do what we thought. Like you don't wait until somebody's actually killed 
to be arrested for attempted murder. You can be arrested for attempted murder, you know. But anyway, they tell the cops like, hey, man, do you like gummy bears? Come on, man. I got a bag full of gummy bears in my pocket. Come on, man. (laughs) Cut me free. Those gummy bears are yours. (laughs) They actually do try to negotiate. It's fucking hilarious. But anyway, back to the subject at hand. Um, (laughs) Connie is trying to sleep with uh, this uh, teenage girl and suddenly uh, the guy that and we're jumping around, folks, you know, the deal, Uh, the guy that he broke out from the hospital who he thought would, was his brother, turns out was not his brother. His face was all bandaged up, so when he gets up and he just starts wrecking the place, meanwhile, grandmother does not wake up. She must have taken a hit of crack in order to stay under after all that noise. But anyway. No, I, I have a feeling like she was taking like some, some like cancer medication or some shit. That lady was not well. Um, also, yeah, right. also, um, I, I gotta tell you, like, all right, since we're skipping over a, a bunch of stuff, so, uh, so there's a, there's basically like this moment where like his, um, uh, the whole reason why uh, uh, Connie's at this lady's apartment is because, you know, him and his brother decided to do a bank robbery, which they they failed at, uh, which resulted in his brother Nick going to jail. Uh, but his brother was injured in jail and taken to a hospital. So Connie broke into the hospital, broke his brother, broke who he thought was his brother out of this hospital. Takes him to this lady's apartment, thinking that he rescued his brother. And then his brother, this this guy comes to and it isn't his brother, um, <laughs> which resulted. That's the part where I laughed. It wasn't for me. It wasn't yes. the for me. It wasn't the hair dye because the hair dye was. Uh, to me, I was just like I kept looking at it, and I was just like, "Yeah, that's something scumbags like these, that like Connie, like it, it's a, it's something a scumbag like him would do. Like he would just do that. <laughs> like I, that 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 seems so strange. It might be real. Like have you like uh, like it, you you uh, you know you hear about." You know, in your teenage years, you hear uh, your friend is just like, yo, I invited this weird drug dealer over to my house. He came over, <laughs> disappeared in the bathroom for like 45 minutes, came back out and he used my mom's hair. To, you know, kind of like shit like that, you know, where the where the story is so strange that it's true. Uh, but it's but the when he when the when the person he rescued out of the hospital like came to and it wasn't his brother, I was like, Oh my God, where the fuck is this movie going? Like, (laughs) like he just, that's such a colossal fuck up. Like I couldn't really like, I couldn't gauge it. I was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen now? And that's where you get like, I kind of love movies that do that. Right. Where it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know uh, what's going to happen. Where is this going? How are, how is he going to get out of this? And oddly enough, it makes you kind of want to f- want him to figure out how he's going to get out of it. You don't root for the guy. <laughs> it, you, you oddly do. You oddly root for the guy because you're following. Mm. You're following this. It's kind of like when um, when you're watching Psycho and you kind of want um, what's his name uh, Norman Bates to get away with the mm-hmm. crime. Because like you know he's he uh, you know he dumps the car into the mud pit, um, and the, with you know with his victim in there, and then uh, uh, Marion Crane, 
you know, he dumps the, the Marion Crane into a mud pit. And then um, something gets wrong with the gurney that he's using to, like, drop the car in there. And, and then for a moment, you're just like, oh, my God, is he going to get away with it? And that's how you feel about um, Constantine Nikos. Um, because you're just that's like, That's really, really sh- true. Yeah, holy shit. How is he going to get out of this? Um, and it's weird because... You uh, part of the reason why it builds uh, I, I got anxiety is because I felt trapped like I couldn't <laughs> get away. I couldn't get away from this guy like the movie was forcing me to like have an adventure with him. And I was like, I don't want to be in a car with this guy. Everything um, that he did made the situation worse. It's like he went to break who he thought was his brother out of a hospital that was under police supervision and he thought he got away with it but it wasn't him and they end up in this stranger's house he makes out with an underage girl and this guy wakes up it's not his brother and not only not his brother another like hardcore criminal <laughs> like it's, it's a crim- it's a fucking <laughs> criminal and the way this guy comes to it where he's just like yo man what the fuck yo get me the fuck out of here you know and i'm just like oh my god it's one of these guys you know <laughs> It's oh, like a, a dude from the from the depths of Bensonhurst who's just like, <laughs> yo, wow, wow, I only had like two more months to my sentence. Why you got to be breaking my balls about, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and they all jump in grandma's car to go get Burger King. And, and it's like and that's when he's just like, all right, he's, he's it's almost like he's talking to himself. You can hear his inner monologue. He's like, all right, Connie, how are you going to get out of this? <laughs> Yeah, you've got know, an underage right? girl. You've got an underage girl, a criminal who you just broke out of the hospital, <laughs> and you're trying to you're trying to bail your brother out of jail. You gotta you gotta come up with ten thousand dollars in the next few hours. And you think, you gotta, Connie? Yeah. Think. <laughs> and then he's just like, I know. <laughs> and the next thing is like, oh my god, the one such a crazy decision. I know what I'll do. Um, this guy told me that he's got a bottle full of LSD in a in a stashed away in a fucking uh, uh, fun house um, that is like, closed in an amusement park that's closed. Oh, you know what? I'll sell the the acid to some nefarious types. Come up with the ten grand, and then use that ten grand to bail out my brother. This is like. How how do, how could you arrive at that decision? <laughs> it's what? like it's like come up with ten grand, bail out my brother, pick up my girlfriend, go to the pub, and have a nice point. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wait for all this to blow over, you know. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! Uh, for those of you who don't know, that was a reference to Shaun of the Dead. Uh, excellent movie, excellent comedic zombie movie. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, fucking that, then, then they're on this odyssey to go to <laughs> this, um, to go to this, uh, uh, amusement park and steal this bottle full of this Sprite bottle full of LSD. And dude, I'd like, at that point, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? And th- they get that, they get that poor, the poor 16 year old girl, they tell her to wait in the car. Fucking, she gets picked up by the cops, um, and she, he just Connie just ruins everyone's fucking life. She's Everybody, probably, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just saying, like, with the underage girl, 
Um, eventually, after their shenanigans over at Adventureland, uh, of all places, um, I mean, just that girl alone, she's probably going to end up in juvie for several years. Um, she most likely had her weed pen on her, so that's going to get her in trouble. Uh, the fact that her she snuck out of her grandmother's house with the car, she's not supposed to be driving, I'm sure. Uh, that's that's it's like her college prospects are pretty much severely limited at that point. Yeah. Um, so this girl's you know, life that, is ruined. Yeah, you know, and and on top of that, you know what? It, I mean, all of this eventually is going to come back onto him because she's going to she's going to tell somebody like, you know, eh, we made out a little just like, oh, really? OK, so that's yeah. another count for Connie, you know. Yeah. No, he's going to get buried under the jail because, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, let's, let, you know, every everything that every all his dealings go south, like his drug deal goes south. It results in the death of like uh, of the guy he sprung out of jail. Um, and, uh, he just, he ends up going to jail and uh, actually that's his one redeeming moment. He takes a, and it's not even, uh, something that he does like willingly. He like, once the cops show up, he runs away from the cops. So it's not even like a noble thing that he does going to jail. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, which basically leads to his brother getting out of jail. Um, Mm. so Mm. Um, it was yeah, it was basically yeah. it's like you could run away from consequence all you want but once you face it then that's when you have the opportunity to actually do something right you know you really can't outrun uh, the deeds that you do um, which I which I found really interesting I mean it was such a powerful and poignant moment at the end when he was in the cop car and the camera just sort of focused on him harder and harder so much that the the bar the the grating that was in front of him since he's in the back of the cop car um goes out of focus and almost disappears from his face like it was so symbolic and strong and i think it also hit him um just before he was placed in the cop car and the criminal that he had um accidentally broken out of the hospital falls out of like a 10-story uh, or 15 story building to his death. And uh, like, it's like at that point, uh, as this criminal was hitting the pavement, the moral hit Connie right in the feels. He was just like, you know what? That, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking he thought to himself, that would probably have been my brother um, yeah. had I actually broken him out of jail, you know? Uh, or Or something akin to that, because. I, I guess it, it finally dawned on him because, like, the whole movie, um, he's doing, like, scummy things, running around. You know, he he poisons people. He poisoned that poor, like, that uh, that uh, that uh, that dude from uh, from he's an African actor who um, who was in Captain Phillips. He's like, that's right. Oh, I'm the captain now. Yeah. Um, that's right. He's the guy that he's the security guard at the at the at the uh, amusement park. Uh, he poisons that dude at, with LSD and feels nothing. Right. Throughout the whole movie, he's he's <laughs> ruining people's lives. Um, and then finally, like once he sees that he's killed a man, 
he's just like, oh, shit, I'm a scum. Like, it's finally, like, he has a moment of reflection. Like, he has to push it to the uh, to the ultimate limit for him to actually reflect, like, oh, my God, I'm a, ba- I'm a bad guy. Um, but it doesn't last ask- long because he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even, like, he's not the type of guy that is just like, oh, my God, uh, I, I'm such a scumbag. I'm, I'm going to give myself up to the cops. He runs for it. He fucking guns it. And he gets <laughs> caught. Um that's right. That's right. Let me yeah. but let me ask you this. How how um like they they gave that security guard like a mouthful of LSD. Um is he is he dead? Like is he going no. to die? No. Really? Uh, yeah, no. Um cuz he had a fucking trago, man. <laughs> yeah, he had a they gave him a fucking shot of LSD. That dude I don't think he's dead, but something's going to be wrong with him for the rest of his life. Um, like, you don't walk away from taking a dose that heavy of LSD. You, you, you just don't walk away with, with it, like, a, as an intact person. Like, mentally, mm-hmm. you're, you're fucking scarred for life. You're seeing shit for the rest of your life. You're questioning reality. Like, he must have been hallucinating for hours. It, mm. Like, like to the point of like it, like exhaustion. They must have like, God only knows like what hot. Like it feels like the hospital that they were taking him to might have been like just a chop shop, like Coney Island Hospital, <laughs> and then he <laughs> he would they would have just... <laughs> to call a hospital a chop shop. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> it's true, man. I just imagine they took him to like fucking Elmhurst Hospital and just like he's one of the he's just <laughs> alone on a gurney just like in a hallway screaming bloody murder because those places are horror like those those Elmhurst Hospital fucking um, Jamaica Hospital Coney Island Hospital all those places are fucking horror movies it's like um, you don't want to end up in those hospitals and that's where I imagine they took that dude. Um, Holy so, shit. Yeah, man. It's fucking, it's fucking nuts. Um, Elmhurst Hospital. Let me tell you a story. Elmhurst Hospital. I knew a dude. <laughs> I knew a dude who, um, who uh, broke his leg. He told me the story. He only had, they called him muleta, right? Muleta means crutch mm-hmm. in Spanish. Uh, this dude um, had one leg, right? And he had his... He he the story behind that is that he went to the hospital because he got like a car ran him over. It was a hit and run. His leg was broken. They took him to the hospital um, and they took him to Jamaica. I think it was Jamaica Hospital. They took him to Jamaica Hospital um, and they amputated the wrong leg, the leg that wasn't even broken. What? Yeah. Um, How? How? Wait, wait, for, hold, hold on. Did he break both legs, first of all? No, he In, broke one He broke one leg. He, he broke, broke his le- one leg. He broke his left leg, and they amputated his right leg. How is it that a doctor, a surgeon no less, cannot tell the difference between a broken leg and a leg that's fine? How does that happen? I don't know. 
Did somebody have like a shot of LSD before they operated yeah, on him? Yeah, dude, like, it was let just... me tell you, it's like a fucking, you know, that's where fucking Dr. Nick Riviera finished his practice. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Why, it's Mr. McGreg with an arm for a leg and a le- wait, wait, an arm, leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so you were saying they they took the wrong leg. Yeah, they took the wrong leg. Like, I, and I'm just saying, like, that's where I imagine, like, this this is the kind of hospital. This that's my long winded story of like telling you that this is the kind of hospital where I imagine that they took him because I I felt like I know the place, I know where uh where uh, uh that amusement park is, and I know where they were driving because they did this they did this cool zoom out shot where like connie's driving towards um towards this amusement park and i'm just like i know where they're going i think they're going to brownsville brownsville (laughs) is a fucking part of brooklyn where it's like the it's a forgotten part of brooklyn it's just like (laughs) yep it's like the wild west um it's like uh it's like where uh it's just forgotten like it's uh yeah it's just a forgotten part of brooklyn and um and and a lot of like there's some criminal activity going out there and there's like no it's like a place with uh with little hope you know Mm. um Mm. and that's kind of that immediately when i saw him driving i was like oh my god the anxiety went up because I was just like, I know where they're going. Um, <laughs> and no good can come from wherever the, it is that they're going. <laughs> shit, man, shit. But, but to, yeah. to, to sort of, uh, first of all, I just want to say, I hope this guy that you knew sued the shit out of the hospital. I really hope that he sued Yeah, anyone. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Also, and also to, uh, to wrap up this uh, particular movie in a bow, um, the final scene is of uh, Connie's brother, uh, Nick, uh, sort of entered into this program for folks who have some sort of um, uh, mental or uh, psychological impairment um, and to help them sort of socialize with other people because one of the uh, biggest uh, problems is that uh, folks who might be differently abled uh, end up isolated and when you're isolated for too long your socialization goes down the tubes or doesn't just develop at all and that seemed to be the case with nick um, especially since his brother could basically uh, convince him to do anything um, at any given time uh, so we see him sort of standing there and my heart really went out to him during this part he seemed kind of lost as the uh, facilitator of the exercises that they were doing in this room, a simple exercise of walking across the room. If she says a question that applies to you, nothing heavy, but you know, um, basically just allowing you to internally check in with yourself in regards to the things that you have or have not done in your life, um, without really being too vulnerable. And at first he's not moving because there are things that he just hasn't done. And then when she touches on things that do apply to him, he starts moving across the room and he could see the trepidation on his face. He doesn't know anybody, but I, I feel that I could detect at a certain moment 
he thought to himself like, oh, I, I can do this too. I can do this too. I don't just have to be running around town with my brother stealing money from banks, possibly getting in trouble with the police. Like this is like I can do this, too. You like know? I, it's 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 almost like he's like you could tell that he's just like, oh, this is my new life. Like, yeah, and it, it's better than the old one, because like because um, the thing that like one of the things that I, that kind of struck me uh, the whole, whole heartbreaking journey of Nick Nick uh, um, Nick Nikos is that um, he's he's di- he's disabled um, and he uh, you know he commits this robbery and then the cops they throw like you basically get a a, a look at our broken. Uh, police system where they put him in with gen pop uh mm. with the general population in in jail and it's at like rikers. these are yeah. at rikers uh, and he's like he's in with the, with fucking violent criminals and like this person you know he doesn't know what's happened he 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 doesn't fully grasp like his crime or like uh he only i think he only like knows that he was helping his brother he doesn't know why he was he was put in jail and then all of a sudden um you know he's put in with these violent criminals and you know that and, and to me you know being a social worker like that shit really happens that that mm-hmm. shit really fucking happens like people who have you know mental disabilities uh they get thrown in jail and then they they come back with they come back to you know their homes and they've got like bruises on their they've got like they're subjected to to violence from by by people who aren't disabled who are violent criminals you know and that's um, that's part of the uh, that's part of the larger conversation that's happening now to throw little taxes into our show uh, yeah. just for a quick change when people when we talk about defunding the police where we don't mean abolish the police we mean to take some of the responsibility that is placed on top of the police for which they are not qualified to execute. And this is not an indictment of them. They're simply not qualified. We need we need social workers who go out into the field to take care of these calls that are often routed to police for people who are having a mental health crisis and of which is a, a very large percentage of all the 911 calls that are placed in New York alone uh, in a single year. So um, I happen to know that one of the initiatives that the de Blasio administration put forth um, is called uh, Health NYC. And one of the components within those services, uh, if a particular family or individual needs it, is that they will send a mobile crisis team to the home in order to speak to the individual as well as their family. Uh, to try to connect them with local resources. And it's not just a one-time visit. Like, they open a case, they follow up, and they really try to push the person to take some action for their benefit. And these people are trained. They go in groups. They know how to handle the situation. And one of the most important things is that this potential person in crisis doesn't end up dead, you know, which happens unfortunately too often when police respond because they are trained to respond to um, violence and force with force they 
are not so much trained for de-escalation of that kind. So just putting that out there for people who may not know, and hopefully um, this will give you a little more information behind what defund the police actually is. Yeah. Um, I can like, yeah, um, I'm glad that you, the, that you talked about that. I, I want to just jump in and, and ask, uh, dude, is this going to be a two parter? I think we, I definitely want to touch on Ninja Scroll. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're, I, f- I feel like we're already an hour in. <laughs> like, like, wow. Like, this movie, this movie definitely, I feel like it hit a nerve for both of us. Uh, yeah, I think you're right because we kind of went in, uh, really hard. We went in hard. <laughs> we went in hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. oh, I also wanted to, uh, <laughs> insert uh, a few shout outs uh at the end of this episode for the little meme that i posted on our instagram did you see it no no i didn't see it oh wait wait wait! oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah the the fucking uh ruin your favorite <laughs> movie like adding in the ass yep yep so jeez oh, so dear listeners uh i just a quick little fun shout out. Uh, I posted a little meme to our Instagram, uh, and that would be at robots versus taxes. And uh, the meme is ruin your uh, ruin your favorite movie's name by adding in the ass to the end of it. So we had a few uh, participants. Uh, so I'm just going to shout out a few people here. Uh, our very own uh, Jamie Vetterame. He added uh, the usual suspects. In the ass. Nah. <laughs> oh, my God. This also, is this is great, by the way. What a great bit. <laughs> also, uh, our friend Lando, uh, he wrote, drag me to hell in the ass. <laughs> Hold on. I have oh. uh, I have like uh, two more here. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh uh, oh, our good friend Larry, uh, he gave us a few. He was uh, hot shots in the ass, <laughs> as well as hot shots in the ass, part two. <laughs> <laughs> he also gave us another gem, uh, Enter the Dragon in the ass, <laughs> as well as finally, and I think you'll appreciate this one, Pablo, uh, okay. Iron, Ma- Iron Man in the ass. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, that's that, that'll be so cold. Um. Also, <laughs> wow. Wow, you really think in detail there. Uh, also, also my, my friend Nina, she wrote, uh, save the last dance in the ass. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess... Um, I guess I should add my my favorites, right? So mine would be RoboCop in the ass, right? <laughs> um, and then why not American Splendor in the ass? Um, <laughs> those two two great movies. Well, um, I think I think that my my suggestion uh, would probably improve this particular movie, and mine would be The Last Jedi in the ass. Nice, good. <laughs> Make it make it count. It's the last that's, one. That's right. <laughs> it's special. Yeah. Oh, also, I wanted to. I also wanted to do a, a shout out to, um, to two uh, uh, shows 
that uh, are incomparable, amazing, great shows. That's right. I'm talking, of course, about um, our boys at the Hoof, Tommy and Chris. Uh, Tune into them. They're they're great. And uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's own The Rodent Tower. God, these guys are bomb. Uh, They fucking uh, put on some amazing tunes uh, by some uh, by some local bands. Um, Nice. So, yeah, shout out to the Rodent Hour and the Hoof. Well, uh, I want to just jump in and say, uh, hi, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. Um, and while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. <laughs> but you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. 